Hey, what's up, Redskins addicts? It's your boy, Rod. Hey, for episode 15, we got a special guest. We got Anthony Armstrong joining the podcast this evening. And I'm sure you all all remember 2010 against the Green Bay Packers when Mr. Armstrong hit us with that Dougie. So sit back, pour yourself a drink, relax, and welcome to the pod, baby. Welcome, uh, Redskins Axe. This is your host, Rod. I just want to give a shout out to, to Lawrence, uh, Ellie, setting this up, and want to thank uh, our special guest. We got Anthony Armstrong joining the podcast this evening. Uh, so, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. so, so, listeners, a lesson in perseverance follows. So, Anthony, and he's Mr. Armstrong13 on Twitter. Uh, he graduated from West Texas A&M in 2005. Uh, played a few seasons in the Intense Football League, Arena Football League, and he finally made his uh, trip to the NFL. He, he was on the Dolphins practice squad in 2008, and then he spent 10 weeks on the Redskins practice squad in 2009. And then finally, in 2010, Anthony, you emerged as a 27-year-old rookie of sorts. Um, yeah. you, you became a, a primary deep threat for McNabb and Grossman. And truly, I'm not saying this just facetiously, you are one of my favorite Redskins memories when you hit that Dougie versus the Packers, man. And I, I probably Amen. watched I watched the throwback uh, YouTube video a little bit earlier today, so it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good memory. It always makes me smile. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, by the way. Um, that hell, that, that clip makes me smile. And I, <laughs> and I realize, like, it's, that's coming up on literally 10 years ago. Crazy, man. And it's, it feels wow. like... It feels like just yesterday. I feel like I could do half of that stuff. Um, I could. I probably might pull one or two muscles, but I could still at least get down <laughs> how, the field. How old are you right now? I'm 37, man. I'm, I'm, oh, man, I'm 42. I used to get dunk at 37. I tried the other day. I felt I sound like a transformer when I hit the ground. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. Everything was snap, crack, and pop. No, thank you. No, thank you. Now, reeling it back in. So, for. I'm going to refer to us as the Redskins and the Washington football teams quite often. But so Washington football team fans, when we look at your numbers, Anthony, your, your numbers were similar. And even in some instances, they were better than a youthful young wide receiver that were all hopeful will be impactful for us the next years to come. And that's Terry McLaurin. So my yeah. question for you, Anthony, is your time with the Redskins, it was limited to two seasons. I want to ask you, do you have any regrets, regrets on your NFL journey? Is there anything you would have done differently? And is there any advice uh, to players that you give still catching their dreams? Oh, man. How long is this segment? <laughs> as long as you want to be, brother. We're, we're here you for mean, you, man. man. If, if we do it now, I mean, we could be here for a while. But, I mean, let's start up in the very beginning. Uh, the, the regrets, absolutely none. Zero. Like you said, the way that I got there, I mean, what am I going to regret? You know what I'm saying? I went D2. I, wasn't, I, I, I was, was barely recruited out of high school. Like, I wasn't supposed to get right. to the league. Like, are you kidding me? Went and played ball for $200 in Odessa, Texas for a season, right? Skips a, skip a week to go do a tryout for an Arena 2 team, and I run a 4-2. I ran two of them there. And then people started turning their head. Hell, it turned my head. I had never, I had never ran that fast before. I just was fast. Um, so yeah, you run a couple four two, you start turning ahead, you start seeing things manifest and, and come out the way that you you had wanted them to. I had no regrets at all. Now if I now I will say, what would I change? Uh, whenever it was the off season, I was off. I would take off. I mean, my body was tired. You know what I mean? And you see kids now, these dudes stay in cleats. That's where they like run routes just every single day. And it's like it's good to sharpen, you know, sharpen the, your, your tool and make sure you're on, on point. But I think there is a time where you got to be able to step away here and here and there. So 
I would probably have trained a little bit more uh, in the off season. Um, not not saying I was just lazy. Now don't don't y'all get to thinking I did nothing. But <laughs> I think I would have done. I would have done a little bit more. That's all. I would have spent a little bit more time uh, just doing it a little bit more. Um, what else? Advice, man. Save your money first and foremost. Save your money. Count your ducats. What what Marshawn say? Count your chickens. Um, you really want to save your money. You know all the stuff that you that you that uh, looks appealing to you. You know. You get, you're going to buy what you want to buy, but at least make sure you tuck something away because the game isn't long. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to have gotten invested, you know what I mean? So being able to do that and have benefits after the game is, is huge, but most people don't even get there. So save your money is number one. Take it serious, number two, because you don't, you don't got so long when you're there. Uh, hey, appreciate the feedback and the answers, man. It means a lot. Now, I'm, I'm going to pass the mic to Steve. I know Steve's got a good question for you. So, so uh, Steve, that's, uh, that's on you, brother. Hey, Anthony, how you doing? Uh, thanks for taking the time to join us, man. Big fan. Um, in 2010, you know, that was my first, uh, I was in the military. That was the first time I got to actually use the, the family season tickets. And, uh, and you brought us some good memories that year. I, I just want to say thank you for what you did for the Burgundy and Gold, man. Oh, man. I um, appreciate it. And, you know, what I really would love to know from you is how, how, does, how does one go from being a, a NFL wide receiver to transitioning to a well-renowned real estate agent. Like, what, what is that transition like, and, and, and why was that the path you took in, into real estate? I'm just, just curious how that, how that went for you. Man, I, I, was, I got caught watching all them uh, flipping shows on TV. And I, real talk, I initially, I, well, I initially wanted to be a teacher, right? I was like, I'm a coach, I'm a teach. Um, I got friends that do it. And they were like, yeah, if you get a math, certification you, you have a job forever work where you want to um i got these flashcards and i got them i think i still got them up there the first one i opened up said trigonometry i have never taken trigonometry i was like this <laughs> ain't gonna be good i can't i, mean, I was saying i said nick said when you so, run a four or two you don't have to learn trigonometry you do. right right okay <laughs> I know the straight straight you know. line Straight into the, the fastest point, you know, it was a straight line. You know, the Pythagorean theorem, right? All that stuff. A, yeah. a squared, B squared, but you get me. Um, so I, I nixed, it, nixed that, and I said, I'll be a real estate investor. As I studied that more, um, I learned, I was like, I might as well just get my license, and then I can figure out contractors and learn everything along the way. Um, but really, now nah, I really get to teach and coach people, Um you get folks that come in that are completely green, have no clue about buying a house. Um, and then you, you walk them through that. And I mean, it's a, it's a pretty big, it's a big milestone in people's lives. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely not related, but they, they mentioned how, how competitive real estate is. And I'm like, man, I've been up against Charles Woodson, D hall, London Fletcher, you know, Ray Lewis. Like I'm not worried about <laughs> the old lady at Ebby holiday. I like, I'm not worried about her. <laughs> You know, so small potatoes, you just kind of I will I will say the systematic side of it transitions, you know, being able to go through adversity, being able to know what you got to do step by step every single day that will transition. Uh, but outside of that, two different worlds, man, two different worlds, Steve. Yeah, that's what's up. And I got, I got one more question for you, sir. And uh, I hope I'm the first person to ask you this. And if not, OK, um, so 2010 Detroit Lions. You guys are having a good game. Brandon Banks has a 75-yard 
uh, punt return, callback from a touchdown. He had a 90-yard kickoff return. You have three catches, 92 yards. You had a 50-yarder from Donovan. Two-minute drill. I, I have to ask, what, what were you and the rest of the team thinking when, when Coach Shanahan pulled Donovan for Rex Grossman for that two-minute drill where there was a chance to win that game? So I just really want to know what was in the mind of, of, a, of the number one wide receiver at the time when, when you saw that happen, when you saw Sexy Rexy walk out on that field. Dang. Damn, I remember the game. I remember the game uh, very clearly. Like you said, I, I had a few big plays, yeah. and I, I was I was closing in on my first hundred yard game. Um, and that's one of them ones where you make a catch and you peek up and you try to see what the stats look like. Right? You're like, where am I at? Right quick, you start seeing the fantasy leaders go by. Right, and it's like Victor Cruz. You know, he got one fifteen. You're like, all right, man, I got ninety two. I'm almost there. Like, I'm gonna be on yeah. the list. Um, when they made the switch, like for me. I was, I mean, I, I was focused. I was kind of like, like, you're ready to switch a quarterback right now, but we still had a job to go do. You know what I mean? And and that whole time, I'm looking like, bro, I need eight yards. Can you give me eight yards, please? Let me get this hundred. Like, we let's go win the game. But I really wanted that eight yards. Um, and I and I and I'll be real, man. I was a guy that I was like, I'm lucky to be on the team. Yeah. I'm not finna complain. Like I felt like I was 53 the whole time. I could be starting on every position. I still feel like I'm going to get cut. So I was like, shoot, I don't know what the, what, what five did, but here come Rex. All right, Rex, you know, you got to throw the rock. So I don't know. That was a weird situation. That was a, a weird game all the way around. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the questions that I have, man. I, I just want to say thank you. Nah, I'll, I'll turn it back over to Rod. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know I know Phil's probably foaming. Uh, he's he's also driving right now as well. But uh, Phil, I'm gonna pass the mic to you, brother. Let you uh, ask a question. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, you know, thanks for joining us today, Anthony. And um, I'm like these guys. My favorite memory from your career was uh, in 2011 when you caught that game winner against Seattle. Um, yeah. You know, that was that, that was a rough season, but that one had me jumping off the couch like crazy. But yeah, that my question, the game. <laughs> that, was, that was insane. And actually, my question does come from the 2011 season because that was a year where there was a lot of quarterback controversy as well. You know, you had the, you know, Rex Grossman was coming in. You know, he looked pretty good the last couple games of the previous season. And all of a sudden, we start hearing about this kid, John Beck. John Beck. John Beck. And do you – let me ask you this. When you make a quarterback switch like that and you go with someone who's not nearly as proven in the league and and, and switch them a quarterback, what goes through your mind in that process? I mean, I, I know you've got – like you said, you have a job to do and you're just happy, happy to be there and you're like, look, I'm going to be productive no matter what. But yeah. you know, do you feel like you have to prepare differently for, for a quarterback like John Beck that comes in? especially because, let's face it, he didn't have the best time at quarterback. So yeah. do you feel like that you have to prepare differently, or do you feel like, you know, does anybody go to the coach and say, you sure we want to roll with this guy? You know, we've been humming along pretty good with Rex here. We were, what, 3-1 and one at one point. Yeah. Um, shoot, man. Switching over to, to, to Beck was – it caught you off guard. Because, I mean, first off, they're two different quarterbacks. Like Rex has this gunslinger mentality. 
uh, he'd give you this look. Like, that's what happened in Seattle. He gave me this look, and I knew he was going to throw me the ball. Like, he did, it didn't matter if there was 12 people over there. He was going to throw me that rock. Uh, and he's done that plenty of times before. So you start to get that chemistry. Uh, then you change quarterbacks. Um, and, like, I, he didn't see things the same that Rex saw them. And uh, I'm a guy that I like to look at the offense. I, like, I started to get to the point to where I would know which way the ball should go. Just based on coverage, based off reads, I was like, okay, this is one, two, three. Okay, based on this coverage, I'm getting the rock in this scenario. But then that, that wouldn't happen. And it would throw you off. And I mean, it was, it was frustrating. It was frustrating to deal with just because, like, the offense wasn't working the way that you were supposed to go. Uh, the ball was going in different places. Uh, but like you said, you got to deal with it. Obviously, yeah, we did suck. We sucked at that point. We sucked. It wasn't good at all. Wasn't any continuity. Didn't have any, like, it was, I mean, yeah, let's be real. We sucked. It, and that didn't help. That didn't help trying to change people in the middle. Um, hey, you deal with it. We live through it. You live and you learn, right? You live and you learn. Let me follow that up. This is, I've always kind of wondered how this works at the pro level, you know, especially because that wide receiver room, you know, you had some established guys like Santana and, and young guys like you who are newer to the league. Does there come a point where you go to the coach and say, we feel more comfortable with, with Rex, or do you just say it's it's up to coach, you know, or is there come a point where the receivers, the guys who are having to catch the ball from this quarterback, just say, look, we could operate better with a different quarterback. You know, how, how does that conversation take place? I mean, shoot, different people got different levels of clout, okay? So uh, my my <laughs> conversation may have been to the to – the, to the position coach being like, Hey man, come on. We, we like this guy over this guy. Um, and that's, you know, that, that happens. Um, and you try to trickle that stuff up as far as you can, but there's, there's other hands in the pot that you got to deal with sometimes, man. But trust me, people up in the league, they're not, they're not afraid to at least mention me like, Hey man, we like this guy over this guy. You know, it's just, it's, it's the way that, it's the way that the game gets played. It's the way that it gets flowed. Like, I'm sure that if y'all just switched up who hosts the show, it's, it's going to have a different different feel to it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Not that it's going to be worse Absolutely, or absolutely. No, I'm, just, I'm joking, man. No, <laughs> but you know like, it has a different vibe to it. And yeah. I've always been a guy that I'm like, I want it to be consistent. I know what we're getting. He reads it the same way. Uh, we're all speaking the same language. That's what I wanted. Right. No, I appreciate right. that, that, man. How do you think that uh that team would have handled all the social messages that's going on in sports today? Uh, I don't even, think even that with team? the things, yeah, even with the things you know how they are now with the with the uh, Washington football team. How do you think that team would have handled it? Would would that coach have handled it like a uh, coach they have now? Man, honestly, I think that that would have been. It would have been interesting for real. Because, I mean, I think there would have been some players that would have, you know, would have really wanted – would have stood up. Like, I think Lorenzo Alexander. Right. Uh, I think a Kedrick Golston, uh, you know, would have been very vocal. Um, I think – I think that you – I think there would have been – we definitely would have had some team meetings. We'd have had to have some conversations, you know, behind closed doors to just kind of voice some concerns. Uh, but I, I think that it initially would have been a pretty, a pretty 
pretty big split, you know. I think it would have had to been. You wouldn't have had no choice. Um, you think those the players back then would have survived with the way social media pretty much shows everything? Because I'm sure you guys were getting like laughing and making jokes. Like you can't make anymore that squad you guys had. Man, I mean, honestly, like when people talk about like locker room jokes and stuff, it's really it's really not that much going on like that. You know what I mean? Like boys, if you with your boys, boys gonna joke. Boys, you know, your homeboys joke, but it's not like as crazy as people make it seem. Right. Um, I think that. I don't think there would have been anybody that would have been overtly trying to cross the line or trying to piss people off. I don't think that anybody would have been that bold. Um, I think that, it, I think we would have come up with, with some form of unity and move forward with that. Um, Cause I mean, honestly, I th- I, that team was a, it was a cool team. I don't think everybody like mixed. I think there's so many different personalities. There's like 50 some odd different players. It's almost, you can't expect everybody to mix together, but Sometimes you feel like other teams have had better continuity. I wish we had a little bit more continuity. I love my I love my teams when I was in Washington. I love who, being, who had the best touchdown dances out of all y'all though. That was me. Ain't no other. Ain't no other. He taught us how to Dougie, baby. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. Now mind you, and it's right. mind you, this is this is a little it's Lil Will, my Dougie. Okay. It's Lil Will. One okay. L. That's the one. He's from Dallas. That's the yeah. guy who made the first dance. The Cali Swag District came after the fact. Yep. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's a little history lesson in all this thing. I did Dougie the first Dougie on national TV. It was with, when I was with the Desperados, and we played Atlanta. It was whack. It was sorry. It was not good. <laughs> I will admit that. But it got better. We need to, we need to, make, sure, we need to make sure John, John Wall gets that message. Different levels, to the, different the levels to the Dougie. Yeah, the first one I did wasn't very good. The one by the time I had it in Green Bay – on point that was like that was beautiful that was a work of art right there so uh anthony speaking of history i see you have a, a albert einstein picture on the wall behind you i believe that's albert einstein right yeah that's wow. him and, and the one thing i want to say in that regard is i think people sleep on how much albert einstein did for black scientists in his day albert einstein was largely against racism in that period he spent a lot of time with black scientists and uh, physicists in that period and did a lot for him i don't know if a lot of people know that but yeah, there was um, an image going around. I saw an image on the internet when he was like teaching a class. Yeah. Of... Oh yeah, yeah. No, nah. you got to look into that. He he really went out of his way to denounce racism a lot. But um, for you, man, like, did you find yourself like you know during your time in Washington, like this the amount of joy that people that don't play football assume football players have when they're playing? Mm-hmm. Did you find yourself having that joy, or was it kind of like a job to you, or both, or what? Man, it's it's a. Uh... When everything is like just rolling and you you like the practice and the camaraderie with the team and like the locker room, that stuff is fun. Like you don't get that anywhere else in the world, right? Once it gets down to like that last the last two cuts in practice uh, in training camp, that's when it's a job. You know, like you know the person that you're battling with and that's been your boy for the past three months. You know, y'all learn the playbook together now. Hey, I want you to I want you to do well, but I don't want you to do that good. You know, I want you to I want you to catch the pass, but don't score the touchdown. Let right. me get the t- like. It's that type of. It's a weird dynamic, and frankly, I don't think a lot of people will be able to handle it. Just because, and, and I'm not trying to sit here and say I'm like better or tougher than anybody, but it's such an odd dynamic that the same people that you're grinding with are the same people that you're trying to take their spot, right? 
Um, so it's very difficult. It's very difficult to deal with. I, I, frankly, I kind of forgot the original question. No, I think that is good enough. Um, and I, I think for us, you know, we never played the game. We never came close to playing. I think most of us kind of tapped out at high school and whatnot. Um, the work that you I put played in, in college, man. Put some respect oh, on my name. My man. bad. My bad. My bad. You did. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> the work that you put in, I think you talked about in the beginning, carries over to your career now. Um, are there are there other things that when you look back at your career, you take with you in just other areas of your life, like lessons that you learned from that that you take into you know your everyday life? Man, it's um, it's kind of like whenever your your parents have told you something for years and you don't realize it until later and you're like, Oh yeah, that's what they say. That makes a lot of sense. It's kind of that same thing. Um, like it really took me a while to, when I got done playing, I fought against being in a consistent system of doing this regimentally every single time. I didn't want to do that anymore. I was living in, in my mama's house with uh, a, an apartment in Florida and a townhome in, in, uh, in Virginia that I wasn't living in. And I got tired of living out of a suitcase. And I was like, I want one house. And, you know, you kind of want to get away from, you want to get away from that structure, but that structure is really what you need, you know? So like whenever I clock in and I'm getting ready to do work, be it training people with Cam Gladiator or be it finna do real estate, I know that I got to walk in, I got to go, okay, this is the first step. And then we're going to go chop wood and we go boom, boom, boom. And this is just having that same system and having the discipline to do it is huge. Um, and I've recently found out that I think the physical, uh, the physical demands of it has, was very helpful, excuse me, um, because I've started running again. And I usually don't really do long distance stuff. And I started running, I say long distance, I'm talking about like a mile, maybe two, right? Like there's nowhere over, over three miles. So, so a couple miles tops. But the, the consistent physical challenge to push myself to get faster makes it easier whenever I, if I'm sitting here and I'm pounding out phone calls and I get through 10 and I got 10 voice, voicemails, like it's easier to go to 11 and 12 and 13 because I push myself right. every single time. And if, if you can take yourself to a very uncomfortable place mentally and then make it out of it, then anything that you run into is going to pale in comparison. Um, so that's, that's been the biggest thing, just knowing that I've been through something that's probably much more difficult than what I'm going through right now. And if I am willing to work at it, I'll come out of it ahead. I appreciate that. And last thing for all of us, I, we hear a lot players say that practice is harder than games. Is that real? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, think about it like this. In practice, it's scripted. It's set up. The situations are set up. Hey, we, and, and, and out of all the, out of all the uh, analytics that people do, and, and even back in the gap, they do more now, obviously, but back in the gap, they did analytics where they would write down, left hash, the kicker missed from the 35 last week. So then this week, we're going to put him on the exact same spot, left hash, 35-yard line. We're going to remind him that last week, and he already knows that he missed that kick. So purposely putting, in you, putting you in positions that are going to be slightly more difficult, um, you know, that's one reason that practice is harder. This, the second reason, you've been going against these same guys all, all year, your whole career, right? Those defensive players, I hate – Oh my God, hate defense on like the first week of camp because they talk all that mess. And I'm like, bro, I'm running day one install. I've only ran three routes all day, 
right? Quit acting like you're Deion Sanders. Uh, I'm running a hitch, I'm running a slant, I'm running a go. That's it, right? So they act like they're, you know, big time, but whatever. Um, that's, I don't know, I lost my track again. Dang. Not, hey, we were, we were probably going to close with that, but I want to, I want to follow up um, with the, the question or the statement you said about it being scripted. Yeah. From a fan perspective, we, we look at all we have, especially this year, we have nothing but training camp. Yeah. I guess data to go off of. There's no preseason games. You hear of people having impactful camps. Yeah. And you get excited. We argue amongst the, the admins here, you know, the podcast crew. From a fan perspective, I guess what what should or could we take away from the reports that we hear? With you saying that scripted, should we actually take it for face value or is there actually something that we can build off of when you hear of a player having an impact in camp? Is it is it a truthful impact or is it hollow? No, it's um, generally going to be truthful. Okay. Uh, especially when you start seeing like you start seeing the person's making plays and people keep talking about it because if you think about it, first round pick, top, top draft picks, those guys are going to get put in the most favorable situations, right? They need those guys to develop. Guys like me, not getting put in favorable situations. You have to take what you get, right? If they give you one play, you need to be on every single time. If they mess around and throw you the ball, you better catch it and find your way to the end zone, right? So whenever you see, you know, maybe they're talking about Ag, uh, uh, you know, Gandy Golden, maybe he's having a good camp, right? Or maybe they're talking about Antonio Gibson having a good camp. That's because the coaches are now handing them, handing them a little bit more. And they're like, well, okay, can you handle this? And then they get out there and they actually do something with it. And then they're like, all right, well, let me give you a little bit more, you know? So people slowly get spoon-fed. You People are having good camps. Now, once again, on the flip side, I'm a realist. It's scripted, okay? So just as much as I can put you in a difficult situation, I can put you in the most favorable situation in the world. I've seen that happen before where they do it with a quarterback. They're like, hey, this play is set up for cover two. You're going to see cover two. So when you come up, look at the safety, throw it to the honey hole. That's going to be your breed or whatever, right? So then in their head, they're only expecting cover two. Um, and it's like, he's having a good camp, but whenever he sees a different coverage, he can't adjust. So generally, yes, the person is having a good camp. Don't, don't fight it. Dude, I pre appreciate that, man. That's, that's really good insight that a lot of us aren't privy to. Um, so Anthony, I, I want to thank you for joining us tonight, man. You're the first guest that we've had on the pod. Um, right. I, I think the discussion was great. You gave us a lot of uh, insight into not only your career path, but a lot of the, uh, I guess, the nuances that exist within the league itself. Um, so before we close and let you, uh, let you head off, I want to give you a chance to, uh, you know, give your own plug, uh, talk about your business uh, dealings that you have going on. Man, I promote yourself, that. man. So appreciate you for coming on too, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. So, well, I'm a realtor. I'm a realtor here with Next Home uh, Premier Choice here in uh, Frisco, Texas. Um, sir, I can, I'm licensed all over Texas, but primarily here in this North Texas area. Helping people get into houses, man. Buy houses, sell houses. Um, I've had a lot of success with Redskins fans inadvertently, which is kind of crazy. Um, Redskins fans in Dallas are very quiet. They don't say much. They, Cowboys fans in D.C. are very loud. Okay, so uh, that's just how it goes down here. Um, but I'm also a trainer with Camp Gladiator. And we're a leader in adult outdoor fitness. And when this whole COVID thing happened, we went virtual. So um, we use Zoom for the virtual workouts. So if y'all want to get in on this thing, you got opportunity to do so. Um, what is it? I'm at, at 8.15 p.m. Central. 
Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, this upcoming camp, I can get y'all in for $9 if y'all want to give it a go. So I got snacks that y'all can give out virtually. because <laughs> You're going to be at your house. I'm in shape, but my shape, unfortunately, is round. It's That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. We'll take care of that. You'll be good. I promise you. I ain't, I ain't, I've, I've made a couple people throw up. Um, but no, not, not in, well, I made one person throw up in the virtual world, but that's it. That's it. You'll be okay. <laughs> where, where can they find the camp at? Can you give the address or? Yeah, I'll, uh, let's see here. I'll, I'll just drop it in the chat right here. I mean, you can go to campgladiator.com and look at it uh, and just kind of see what it is. Uh, but there's a particular link that will at least connect you to me and let, at least let your boy get the credit. Um, so they don't think I'm up here not doing anything. Yeah, there's a large Facebook group associated with this podcast, so we'll dump it out there, too, for everybody. Oh, that's love. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, send that to y'all. I'll email it to you okay. um, so y'all can check it out. But let me, uh, let me ask y'all a question. Right, I'm going to flip it on y'all. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. All right. What, is your, what would be your team name? What would be your number one team name? Ready? Red Wolves. Rough Riders. <laughs> Red Washington Wolves, Freedom. The Washington Freedom. Washington Rough Riders. Rough Riders, what you yeah, got? I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, well, I started out as a Red Tails guy, and then uh, Red Wolves just kind of grew on me. Yeah, yeah. I, Ellie hates it, man, but the Red Wolves for me, I just, uh. it's, it's probably the safest bet that you can have and keep the HTTR that I've seen thus far. We should yeah. have a Red Foxes and have a garbage truck on the side of it, like. <laughs> they have <laughs> Anthony, you have a Anthony, what's what's your favorite name then? If we're gonna flip it back to you, the parting shot. What's what's your name you that know? you would like to see the team choose? Kind of like I'm kind of like Steve. At first, I was like, well, so at first, Red Tails, I was like, eh, but then I read about it and I was like, okay. And then Red Wolves was the same. I was like, I don't know. And then it then it grew on me. Um, but after they've done, after they've just released the the whole just Washington. I think there's something player about just leaving it and just watching. Hey, I said that too. They, they've been on me. I said it before it happened. I said, man, when they, when they told us, they said they're going to make sure that we'll get rid of the name. I said, look, just stay Washington football team, man. I said exactly that before they did it. I it's, like it. I'd rather keep it. kind of player. Like that W is kind of like, think about it. You get your burgundy flat brim. It's got the W on there in gold. Yep. Like, they already didn't have to change the jerseys. They just changed the little nameplate. I wish they get yellow numbers, though. I don't like the, I don't like the yellow uh, number on the helmet and white on the, on the jersey. I wish oh, okay. I see the matching. Yeah. Right. I can see that. I mean, I think that next year they'll actually have, like, the W logo or something. I've seen a couple of real cold ones. Like, one was yeah. a W with the capital in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. W. Washington. That's it. They're just who are you playing? Washington. It, it it does sound dope. Yeah. I mean, if you go have Man U, Manchester United, and all these other things, why can't <laughs> hey, don't try to say it's dope now. I've been saying it's dope. Oh, yeah. Y'all ain't like it. Hey, you ain't getting no street cred, baby. You ain't no street cred, man. <laughs> hey, Anthony, who's the best uh, artist to come out of Texas? Best artist? Yeah. Musical Ooh. artist come out of Texas. Man. Mike Jones. No, I was joking. I'm joking. <laughs> man. He's terrible. Man, we got oh, a lot of talented man. people. I mean, Erica Badu. Yeah. She's from Dallas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Leon Bridges, he's from Fort Worth. Like, you, we got some fire. I mean, you got all the rappers down there. So, it ain't Beyonce from Texas? What do you say? Ain't Beyonce from Texas? Beyonce. 
Yeah, you could say all of Destiny's Child, but yes, Beyonce would be the, the baddest out of all it's of Beyonce them. Beyonce and them other ladies from Destiny's Child. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the rest of them, yes. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, we got a lot of action, so... I don't know. It depends. You pick which way you want to go. We we can we can go down and and, and fight. UGK. So, oh, that's another one. I was listening to them the other day. I'd be almost playing that stuff at camp. I can't play it at camp though. I'm trying to find the they edit. Get me for playing. I work at GM. They give me for playing it there. See, <laughs> they hating on you. Hey man, we appreciate you, man. Thank you for oh, taking yeah. the time. No problem, man. Y'all have a good one. Stay out of trouble, and I'll email y'all that link, all right? Let's do it. I appreciate it. you, man. Yes, man. Have a good one, brother. Thank, Thank you, sir. Appreciate Thank you. Y'all. You have a good one. You too. Out here. Hey, welcome back, addicts. Uh, thanks for listening to the first part of pod. We had Anthony Armstrong join us. Um, really cool to have him. Really appreciate that. Uh, so we're going to roll into uh, phase two of the pod. And the first topic that we're going to talk about is uh, the starting quarterback. Um, when will the starting quarterback be named? So, we know Ron uh, Ron Rivera just told J.P. Finley earlier today that he knows when. He hasn't tipped his hand. Barring an injury, I think Haskins is our guy. Uh, typically, uh, we'd have our final preseason game uh, coming up next Thursday, the 3rd of September. You usually have your starting quarterback at least named before that game because he would not appear. So I'm thinking uh, by the 31st this weekend, we should have our starting quarterback named. Um, pass around the, the table. Ellie, we'll start with you. Uh, how soon do you think we're going to hear about uh, QB1? I think by Tuesday, we'll know. Generally, when coaches say they have their mind made up and they're just a sign announcement, they're waiting to talk to the rest of the guys in the room. And since everybody's still there practicing, I imagine that conversation is going to take place or has already taken place, to be honest with you. And I think he's just letting some of this negative news clear a little bit. So my guess is Tuesday, we'll know for sure. But we all know it's Haskins. I think there's no doubt about it. I think he's earned that this camp, especially in the last week or so. No, without a doubt. Hey, Dev, what about you, bro? Tuesday, Monday, what's, what's up? I don't think it matters. I mean, we already know who it's going to be. What's the announcement going to be? I would be surprised if it's none of them. Like, if, that would surprise me if it's, hey, you know, who's not going to be quarterbacking? Haskins. If they said that, that would be surprising. But we pretty much know. Haskins is the starting quarterback. I don't think there's even a closer controversy. I, I think the controversy is who's number two. That's 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 a good topic for sure. It, well, if if it weren't Haskins' name, we probably would have an emergency podcast like the minute that uh, news is announced. Because oh, I don't think it's just that. for that. No, I'm joking. We don't watch that. <laughs> hey, hey, Phil, what's what's so going on in the uh, Hadid carpet line? What you got, man? Well, hopefully, I'm coming through a little clearer now. Now nah, you're good, brother. But, um. <laughs> They already named him without naming him. It's not official, but right. we saw the the Simba learning his, getting his roar deal earlier in the off season. They just dropped another little hype video with just Dwayne's out there, and he's doing doing a little shuffle on the camera. He's got the smoke around him and everything. He's in full uniform, and he's right. got two chains hanging out his neck too. And they're quoting uh, Wale. Washington was on the Instagram post. You're not hyping a guy who couldn't possibly be your number one this close to the season on your social media, getting re getting that outreach out there. You're not doing that unless you already know. So I think Ellie's right. That conversation's already been had. 
they're not making it formal because I think it's just a matter of the team is wanting to control all narratives that come out of the team. We're going to tell you what we want you to know when we want you to know it. But, and again, to quote LE, follow the money. Well, in this case, follow the social media. One other point to make that too. No other quarterback has got first team reps besides Haskins this offseason. So it'd be pretty tough to win a quarterback competition getting only second and third team reps. Well, you heard Coach say the reason he hasn't given Alex, uh, given uh, Allen any first team snaps is he already knows the offense. I'm sure that's why he didn't get any first team reps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's good yeah, lip still, service. Still throwing well, IMT some of the time. Team, second team defense. <laughs> Steve, what's your expectation? Think, think we're going to hear something yeah, Saturday morning? I mean, there's – so what, what is the game, 14th? That, that uh, the first game of the season, September 14th, two, oh, weeks, two weeks from – two days from now. It's uh, um, Sunday the 13th. I think that – 13th. So I think we'll find out whatever that uh, Wednesday prior to is. Is that the normal press – conference is a Wednesday prior to I think that that's is when late. I was you th- that's, that's when Jay it. would always get up and uh, you know that, that's interesting that would be a bill that would be a bill type of game, you know, this, guy, this guy yeah yeah that's what I think would, would happen then so Wednesday you're, prior so you're you saying know, the night they yeah that's what I'm saying if you just go by the traditional rhythm of pre-game press conferences, the Wednesdays when they would talk about all the major injuries, who played, who didn't. Because if you don't practice Wednesday, usually you don't play on Sunday, traditionally. So that's that's just all I'm going off of. No, no, other, no other logic, and it is Dwayne, just for whatever, all the reasons that, that Joe Bro's already said, but I don't think it'd be announced. All right. So Wednesday the 9th of September is what Steve is saying. So well, that'll be interesting. That'll be, that'll be pretty late. Um, but you know, internally, you can name your quarterback. Externally, uh, perhaps you, that's a chess move. So uh, remains to be seen. So, Steve, since we still got your line open, uh, we'll transition to week one predictions. Um, what do you foresee uh, the outcome of week one game being versus the uh, Philadelphia Eagles? And it's uh, – is, is it home or away? I can't remember. We are um, home at Philadelphia, Phil- I believe. Oh, okay. So no fans. No fans. Um, ah, this is tough. Um, Philadelphia is under Doug Peterson is a pretty well-coached team um, with all the influx and, and it's such a hard question to answer, but um, I, I just can't let my emotions get the best of this prediction, but, um, and I hate to be a, a naysayer, but I, I just, Philadelphia is always just plays us strong and, and Carson Wentz is healthy and um, I don't think it'll be a blowout, but uh, I, it, with our offense just being so unknown, a new system, I, I think Philadelphia just might have the slight, slight edge. Um, I mean, I don't know how far down the weeds we're going to go. We're going to talk numbers. We're going to talk. I mean, I just predict it. And we'll, we'll have to do this again in the pregame pod because uh, we'll, we'll definitely know starters and, and stuff like that. But um, just based on history and, and, and you know, the, everything's so new, I think Philadelphia might have the edge. I know it's not a popular opinion, but um, I think Philly will probably take it um, in a close game. Okay. Ellie, what's, what's your take, brother? Easy money. I got the skins winning. Because, Steve, you're right. 
the Philadelphia's always play us tough, but we always play them tough too. Especially like a lot of games, we're like, oh man, we're getting stomped. I think we're pretty much in the game. Both games last year, I think we were uh, close to winning. Be um, as bad as we were, I think the Phillies had a lot of injuries. Um, under Doug Peterson, they're not necessarily a great offensive team, even though you would think they were, given they have Wentz and some other uh, assets. But I think we can hang with them on both sides of the ball. Um, Tressway might be the difference in the game, but I have us winning, I'll say, plus five. You know who always shows up for Philly games is kind of weird? It's Ryan Kerrigan. I don't know why. I feel like he always, he's always getting a, a sack yeah. at a crucial moment against the Eagles. I could be crazy. Oh, look at that. I see it. <laughs> there it I is. could be wrong, but I feel like he always shows up against the Eagles in the fourth quarter. Quiet all game. Showstopper. I, I talk so much trash about Kerrigan. I'm not sure if you can see me, Steve, but I am rocking the Ryan Kerrigan jersey to the pod tonight. So, uh, oh, I saw it. I, 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 I smiled when you said that. <laughs> but, Dev, what's, what's your take, bro? I think we win, man. I think we uh, pretty much run the ball down their throat for four quarters, man. I think they run like three or four running backs at them the entire game. Um, and it's a close one. I got – I'm at plus three. I 17 to 14 Redskins. That's close. That's close, Phil. What's your take, brother? I got Redskins winning 27 to 20. And I'm going to tell you – the biggest key to this game. I don't know if Carson Wentz will survive four quarters. <laughs> and let me, let me, here's the thing that a lot of people who are paying attention to our team and haven't necessarily been paying attention to the rest of the NFC East. Lane Johnson, the Eagles star right tackle, has opted out of the season for COVID reasons. Right. They're starting left tackle. They're projected starting left tackle is now injured. Right. That means that Montez Sweat and Chase Young are going against backups. And Kerrigan and Anderson and Allen and Anosis and Settle and Payne. That edge rush is going to be nasty. The Eagles are going to have to try to run the ball. Now, granted, I love Miles Sanders, Penn State guy. I think he's awesome. Um, I like him, too. But our interior line is built, you know, we're built to stop the run up the middle. We're going to win a lot of games ugly. That's nice. Well, we're going to win a lot of ugly games, but I think this game, the ugly thing is going to see Philly run their offense. That's why I had them kicking field goals, um, you know, getting 20 points. Because you're going to get two field goals, two touchdowns, because they're talented enough to score 20 points. But – I don't think – everybody hypes Philly up to be this great team. I think their coaching coaches them up. But, you know, this is a team that's a – they've been a 9-10 win team since they went to the Super Bowl. They're not blowing anybody away, just running away with the division. My so, best, I would give anything to be a 9-10 team. <laughs> right, right. Seriously, that's, that's crazy. I know we, we don't play that. that much. <laughs> the one thing I think scares me the most about this Eagles game uh-huh is that the one thing you hear constantly throughout camp is that receivers are getting open down the middle. Logan Thomas down the middle. Terry McLaurin down the middle. I'm worried about the tight ends that the Eagles have or can throw at us down the middle if our coverage there has been really suspect. Maybe it's just a camp thing. We cannot cover Zach Ertz. I have never, ever, ever, ever seen us been able to check Zach Ertz. Ever. I mean, he'll always have a good pass. No matter what, though, what happens, win, lose, draw, I think it's going to be ugly football. 
Yeah, I, because I, of, you know, you we know, win ugly football team this year. People, I hope so. Yeah, I think it's going to take two or three weeks just to get their feet underneath them. So. Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting. So you're talking about, you know, wide receivers and tight ends getting open in the middle. Um, this game is, is wholly dependent upon that pass rush that we're going to have or expected to have. So if, if Montez and Chase are actually successful uh, coming off the edge, uh, we don't allow uh, Carson Wentz to roll off the pocket. Now, he's a great pocket passer, but he's he's also been one over the years to – to evade, yeah, you know, uh, evade the rush, yeah, and make off-schedule plays exactly. So, um, if if we can truly contain him, I think that we would limit the success down the middle. If you got Ioannidis and you got Payne and Allen and you know Settle, etc., throwing your hands up, and you're always just saying bat down the ball. So we'll see. I don't think like like uh, you guys have all been saying, and most of you've been saying, I don't think Philly necessarily runs away with this game. Um, I, I think that we're closer than a lot of people may expect us to be, to be in this game. So, you know, you look at the history of worst to first. Um, I'm not saying that's going to be us. I still had us at like a 6-10 and 10 team, but I think that we may play sloppy ball with the rest of the league and shock the world week one. So I am going to predict a Redskins victory, um, but we are going to need to see some pressure uh, from that, that blue chipper uh, pick number two in Chase Young. So, uh, Moving on, we've uh, we've seen Harmon, who we expected to be our wide receiver number two. Um, he went down to an ACL injury earlier this offseason. I think before camp started, kind of lasted out of nowhere, it seemed. We, we hear that he tore his ACL. Uh, we expected AGG to potentially step up. A lot of the camp uh, reports that we've been hearing is that uh, Antonio Gibson, or not Antonio Gibson, but Antonio uh, uh, Gandy-Golden, Gandy has been dropping balls. Um, running routes incorrectly, having, having mental mistakes, which is weird because everything we've heard about him is super high IQ type guy, um, solving Rubik's Cubes and whatnot in, you know, a minute or two really quickly. Um, maybe it's just rookie rust, um, but I don't know who wide receiver two is, and we need to figure that out in, you know, 15, 16 days. So what's your guys' prediction for wide receiver two and what t- – I guess maybe even a week one prediction. What what type of numbers is that guy going to bring against the Eagles? Wide receiver two is Sims, man. Unless we go three receivers, if that's what you're counting, but wide receiver two is Sims. Junior. So not Cam Sims. Not Cam. Okay. Cam, might, Cam might be the number three, though. No. Not, I think Steven Sims would be the, uh, the three guy. I mean, he'll be the slot guy. I, yeah. The two – um, it might be Ellie's probably his, his guy, Dontrell Inman, um, unless someone really shows up, but you know, you thought it would be Latimer. Uh, been, he got cut earlier this week. So I, I might've lost. I don't know. I don't have an answer right now. Uh, Ellie, what, what are you, what are you saying, brother? I, I think it's Inman. I don't think there's a doubt about it. I, you know, nobody else has been practicing in that number two spot. I think Sims Jr. is the slot. And I think by function of an offense, that's automatically the number three receiver because they're not in on all formations, or at least. All right, well, in two receiver sets, who starts? Inman. Inman, no I think as well. I don't think it's Inman. No I think question. it's Sims. Um, as far as stats go, I, I think it's probably going to be a typical Inman game. Him and um, Haskins have a good rapport, but I just think with McLaurin out there and the running backs against Philly, we're going to run the ball on the edges all game. Um, I think he'll probably. I'm going to give him. Uh, four catches, 48 yards. Any, any uh, trips in the end zone for him or no? 
No. Okay. Uh, end zone, you're going to see the tight ends, um, some of the backs motion now, and and McLaurin maybe. But I think a lot based on what we've seen from the little bit of footage we've gotten, a lot of the ends of the uh, red zone work is going to the tight ends. And I think that's what that offense does. You know what I'm saying? So, or gadget plays. I just I hope Inman isn't a dude for long. Me, his career is not one to write home about. But I mean, he's got a decent size, big body, six three, two hundred five. So he's sustainable, sufficient for week one. But I don't want to see him week ten still a man in that position. I think it's a that's that's horrible, horrible news. Uh, Dev, what do you think, bro? All right, said it. It's Sims. Sims, it's Sims for you. Is the number two guy for me. I think he has the second most receptions out of the receivers. Uh, I think you could see Thomas actually become the second best threat uh, to catch balls after uh, McLaurin. Okay. Um, Steve, what do you think, bro? Um, I think it doesn't matter because the number two <laughs> receiver is going to be Logan Thomas. Um, yep. Just based on how I, the little nuggets that I've been seeing and, and, and I watched this whole presser today, um, not like lining up the, 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 the Z, I'm just talking about the way the offense rolls and the way the little nuggets I've been watching about Dwayne, I think he favors Logan Thomas. I don't, he has the potential to be like a, you know, a, a subpar Gronk or a subpar, you know, Travis Kelsey, just because he's so raw, but that, I think he'll, Logan Thomas will get a lot of looks outside of Terry McLaurin. But if you're asking me who the number two receiver be, um, I, w- I want it to be Anton- Antonio uh, Gandy Golden. Uh, it's funny because I, I, you know, Ali posted all the things about how, or uh, talking about how he, he's kind of out of favor right now. But, you know, I, I don't know if it was Kime or, or JP or whoever his podcast. And like, they gave, Oh, it was JP on one of they do this thing called the three ups, and their three ups. One of the three ups they gave this week was Antonio and uh, AGG. So I'm like, I mean, I don't know what to believe. Hey, he was um, a he was a dark horse for Logan Campbell earlier, so uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah he still has a chance yeah. to be the dark horse, I guess. You know, good God, man, damn, maybe she was right. Yeah, maybe she was right. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. We clowned yeah. her so much. Hey, she was yeah. ahead of her time. So All right, Logan. Off. I'm sorry, yes. Logan. Sorry, we'll invite you on the pod. It, it, Rodney did it, not me. I always <laughs> knew you. I knew you was right, girl. Yes, Queen. Yes. <laughs> the the concern with Logan Thomas is sort of starting to bubble up recently. Is he doesn't hold on to the ball when he that's what I was going to say too. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Ball security. Got to fix that. He's six six, it. man. He's six six two sixty. He needs to hold the damn rock if he's going to get hit. As long as he don't have headaches after the game, he already beat Jordan Reed. Oh man! Pow, 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 pow! So this That's is hey, this is actually a good segue though. So we're talking about wide receiver two, and we're saying, "Hey, Logan Thomas." But then, what's up in the tight end room? So Moss didn't work out. We got Ball in. Sprinkle seems to be taking the piss, um, and Logan Thomas seemed to be the emerging tight end. But if you guys are talking about him potentially being wide receiver two, who starts at the tight end position? No, he starts at tight end position. He's just going to be getting the receiver two receptions is what we're saying. Okay. Okay. So you're not saying you're going to split them wide necessarily. He'll no, still be – okay. 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 Yeah. okay. I was just saying the way the offense flows, kind of like how, um, you know, Jordan Reed was like – he was almost the number one receiver for a while for us. 
Well, that was Jay. That was Jay Gruden working inside out. I thought uh, I thought Turner was more of an outside in type guy. So uh, we'll see. I mean, it. Hey, if anything, that's a wrinkle that Philly may or may not be prepared for. Then, if they're looking at the Panthers game tape from last year, saying, "Okay, we know how Turner's going to try to attack us," and he does something different, that works in our favor. So I'm I'm fine with that as you well. You know who the you know who the key could be low low key who the guy could be, Darby. He could be a. a he could be low-key, the secret weapon, because that's going to allow Fuller to follow people around. You could have Morel, Fuller, and uh, Moreland, and Darby out there at the same time, guarding those four or five receivers that they run. He's going to be key. Yeah, how we go to talk about tight ends to Ronald Darby? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the the edibles oh. are kicking in for Dev. <laughs> He's smiling. He's smiling. He makes a good point, though. Completely valid point. But I'll, I'll, I'll start with this one because, like I said, I listened to the Logan Thomas presser today. Um, he uh, he said he has a good rapport with Dwayne. You know, obviously being a former quarterback, he he knows both sides of the ball. And man, he just he just answered all the right questions. He's like, you know, I want to. I know I'm. Only, I think he's only here for a year. I think that's what he said. I'm only here on a one year deal uh, because I want to. I want to be a, uh, a member of this team for a very very long time and. Um, he said the tight end room is great. He, he mentioned him. He mentioned, uh, he said, Sprink, um, Marcus, um, and who's the, uh, Hale, Hale, Hintages, yeah. Um, that's the only names he dropped, but um, I, I don't think they'll keep four. What is it normally usually, three? Mm-hmm. Yeah, One starter, a blocker, and it's usually the two backups are on uh, special teams of some sort, so I don't know who the odd man out is, but they're hyping up Marcus Ball pretty good. So it's, it's Logan, Miles, maybe Sprinkle Marcus. And Logan. Yeah, it's probably. I mean, I don't, man, Sprinkle's so disappointing because he got he was open so much last year, and that dude just could not catch. I don't know if it if it's because they just let him open, but man, well, wasn't he brought so here to block though? Balls. Yeah, he's very athletic though. He's I mean, kind of like Logan Thomas, but. Um, yeah, Logan starts for sure. Not no question. No, the number two, like I think it's like the quarterback, like Dev said. The question is, who's the number two tight end? I, I don't know the answer to that question. No, definitely be interesting to see, man. Uh, we we got to sort it out soon, though. I, I know. Um, I, I think that the ninth of September, you know, talking about uh, naming the quarterback, we can't do it to the tight end position. Like we have to iron these things out uh, sooner rather than later. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the, the depth chart kind of, you know, finalizes and, and who's actually going to be uh, starting week one. Who, who is the starting tight end on uh, Madden? It's a sprinkle. Uh, sprinkle. Sprinkle yeah. with like a 61 overall. <laughs> That's why I traded. I, I traded nah, Adrian. I'll tell you what he is right franchise. now. When I, right now I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what he is. He, <laughs> he's probably is that low, though. He is a, it's like a 65. Okay. Is Logan Thomas yeah. even on the team? He is. Yeah, Logan Thomas is a 64. They got oh. Sprinkle faster than Logan Thomas. I'm thinking that's probably not real. No, right? Sprinkle's an athlete, man. He just doesn't yeah. – for some reason, doesn't materialize into stats. I don't know what it is. I mean, he cannot catch. I hate that because if he could, he'd be a really good tight end. Shit. I mean, I wouldn't want to catch you. you don't, if you don't know how to catch in the NFL, you get seven years. A career like Colvin, you know what I'm saying? Maybe he's on to something. <laughs> His problem last wait, year. Wait till we get him on the podcast. To... Yo, right. Logan. Logan actually ran faster than Sprinkle. Really? Logan, Logan Thomas has a. That's four, what I, I, I assume he has a that. Four, he's a fast four, He has a four six one. 
uh, for Logan Thomas. Sprinkles a four six three. Yeah, but it's about how I, I know pads are, pads are different without a doubt. I mean, it's it's one thing game running speed. in spandex and game speed, uh, but still interesting to see nonetheless. It's it's very rare, uh, listeners, that Ellie is wrong. So I like to point that out when he is and smile at <laughs> it. So uh, hey. yes, I'm I'm enjoying this a little bit. Mark, I am. Mark that one down. Mark that that basically, the same exact size. Score too, score one for Team Light Skin. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shit. Good. Yeah, the thing with no, no, go ahead, Steve. I'll say Sprinkles' problem last year, he would always try to – this is the basic thing if you ever play wide receiver tight end. He would always turn up field, take his eyes off the ball, and then he would just miss the ball. He was yep. always trying to – instead of catch, yes. catch and go, he was always – Trying to go and catch. He was like, yes. man, I played next so to Reed for three years. I know how, I know how this ends. Yep. Yeah, he, he also – he's also one of those guys that makes every catch harder than it has to be. Like, he'll go to the ground for catches. He could have just, like – Squatted down a little bit for or contort- make weird body contortions. Yeah, yeah. Hey, bro, what are you absolutely. Doing? Yeah, yeah. You could the have caught that question. ball in stride. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The, the big question with the tight ends is less about who's going to be there in the passing game, and I think who's going to be there in the running game because of what this team wants to do. But in the football, I don't know who the best blocking tight end on the roster is. It sprinkle? Um, is it ball? I don't know anything about Marcus Ball at all. Like is he was pretty good last year at the end of the year, I thought. But is he he was all right, but is he gonna be on the fifty three man roster? You know what no. I'm saying? So I don't think so. I, the word is Logan Thomas can block, at least that's what it was when we signed him, but no preseason to really see for ourselves, you know, just that because to me, the best blocking tight end is gonna play the most amount of snaps at the end of the year. And it's that's interesting. So you'll I kind of flip back to what Anthony uh, Armstrong was saying earlier with with practices being scripted. <laughs> You know, saying, hey, you're going to block this outside linebacker. And they're, they're allowed to, you know, I'm sure, assuming, you know, they're, they're able to make some movement and, and make plays on the ball. But it's really hard to gauge someone's true ability in a scripted session. So, yeah, right. that's uh, – Ron Rivera has his work cut out for him. I mean, the entire staff does. Um, but I'm hopeful that they get it right. We need them to get it right. I really do. So, we'll, um, we'll, we'll probably end this pod with – talking about the running back room now so we had started the pod you know pod number one I think we talked about uh the running back who shall not be named with the golden dreads um he's gone um obviously we now assume that AD has reverted back to uh the king of the running back room but Ron Rivera a lot of things he's spoken about thus far is is a youth movement now, I don't think he's going to cut uh, Adrian Peterson or trade him like I did in my Madden franchise, but – I just think I th- about Marcus Ball. Yeah, I, th- I think I think AD does start the season. He should be uh, running back number one. Um, it was interesting because we had started to hear inklings about Bryce Love having some burst and being capable, and then he, he faded off quick. So what I'm going to ask you guys is if we're going to adhere to Ron Rivera's youth movement, do you think Antonio Gibson will take over running back one duties by midseason, say week eight? And Ellie, I see you smiling a little bit, so I'm gonna start with you. <laughs> so because I was wrong about the speed thing, I'm just gonna plug that I've been on this Antonio Gibson train from the beginning about being in a running back <laughs> and potential RB one. I don't think it'll happen by week eight. I think by week ten, when you're past the midway point in the season and you're really starting to look to next year. Um, it depends on what our record is because I think AP is the kind yeah. of guy that 
deserves the respect. And if he's playing well and we're contending, you continue to ride that horse, especially as it starts to get colder outside. Um, but if we're starting to fall off a little bit, I absolutely think that you're going to see Antonio Gibson because I think the coaches have to answer the question of, can he be a full-time three-down running back, number one? And number two, um, they got to see how he works within the offense and can he play that Christian McCaffrey role because I think that this coaching staff is going to stop at nothing to find the next Christian McCaffrey. And so they're going to see real soon if they have that in AG. And I think they believe they do from everything that we've seen and heard. Um, they're just going to have to see it. So I'd say week 10. Dev, what do you think, bro? I agree. Uh, week 10. I agree okay. with Ellie. Okay. I, I hope it's not a lost season. I, I, I hope we don't see him. I hope AD is, is, is running the hell out of that rock and doing what he needs to do. I hope Dwayne's protecting the ball, and I hope that we're uh, a successful franchise. I mean, if we could get to week 10 and we're, you know, sitting at five and four, six and three, we're still in the in the, the fight for things um, with a bye, that, I'm all for that, man. So, uh, Steve, uh, what, what do you think? You think uh, Antonio Gibson makes a run at the running back one position, or, or is he going to kind of sit to the, the rear of the room until AD doesn't do what we need him to do or we're out of the, the fight? I mean, I think I'm kind of torn between what I want to happen and what will happen. Yeah, I, I, I hope that he just sits second, second seat to AP all year, man. Like, learn the game, you know, get your vision up, learn from, learn from one of the best in the game, you know, in, in AP. And, um, AP's, what, 35? He, still, he can still play. He's durable. Um, I, I just – I don't see the need to thrust Antonio AGG in there unless, you know, we're in some situations where like, like where it's a blowout and they'll you know, give AP the game off. And then, then you can play Antonio as much as you want, but I just don't see a need to thrust them in. Even if, even if we're losing, I mean, let AP right out the year, just, you know, play the first quarter, bring them out. Like I just don't see the need for him to be start completely. Um, you know, I mean, I'm glad we have him, but don't rush. There's no rush in this game, especially your running backs. I mean, um, yeah, man, I don't think AP's going anywhere. So let's not rush the kid. Let's bring him along good. And But here's a question. You know, if he, he might be number two, but does that mean he's not the third down back? Or is McKissick no. the third down back? I, <laughs> I don't know that. McKissick is. Yeah. I think so McKissick, it's really one, yeah. one, two with AP, AGG, and McKissick's the, the third down so, yeah. AGG might not get that many carries. They might have to force some carries in there. Nah, well, the offense is based on the run. I think there's plenty to go around for both of them. I think AP is going to get 15 carries, and I think they'll split the rest between AG, not AGG, Steve. That's that's the receiver. But AG and – Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. That <laughs> and, if, and if Barber makes it – well, I don't know how if McKissick can block. That's going to be the question if he's like a third and long guy. But he'll be like our third and short guy for sure. And we're hearing rumors about the two-back set, so who knows? How, how exotic do you think they're going to get with this running back uh, position? Do you think we're going okay. to make any, any wishbone or something crazy like that, you know, three, three running backs back there? I think or? they've had uh, two running backs back there, and Gibson runs out in motion. They still have uh, Love or uh, AP back there with them. So. I mean, you could, you could have, you could have uh, AG, you could have McKissick, and perhaps Peterson back there. They had Logan at quarterback. I've seen that. I don't. I don't like those those types of exotic blends. I mean, he could throw the ball. I'm sure. I mean, he played quarterback in college. But uh, 
I'd like I'd like Haskins to not go wide and and run the risk of of getting popped by a cornerback because that's an opportunity for any cornerback to come up and and blast your ass, um, you know, impress you at the line, and I really don't want to see that. Um, I don't want to see a. I remember RG three having a pass thrown his way and him getting fucking laid out. That's my first yeah, curse. I, I, dude, I I made it this far into the pod without cursing, but man, that's yeah. RG three got laid out. I don't want to see that with Haskins, so I don't want to go that exotic, but. I wouldn't mind like just thinking of the Ravens when they had like that, that Heisman package and I get it. It was RG three in there. You had uh Jackson, you had um, what's the running backs uh, Ingram uh, back there. Do we have the opportunity to do something like that? At least put pressure on the defense. So it's uh it could be exciting, man. I, I, I want to see, I didn't, I didn't realize that McKissick was a, uh, a convert from a wide receiver either. So um I'm assuming that means that his hands aren't as good uh, because he transitioned to a running back position, but you played wide receiver collegiately. So you have the ability to catch the ball, just maybe not perhaps at the NFL level of liking of the coaches. So uh, they could get fancy back there. That's for sure. Yep. I think McKissick has good running back hands, average wide receiver hands. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I think, Throwing him out of the backfield, he's going to be excellent. But if you put him out wide, you know, other things, it's, it's not. Yeah, his but does that ability, But does the ability to have a guy who can run out wider to the slot like him and Gibson make it possible we only keep six wide receivers? I think the wide receivers are not good beyond scoring <laughs> and, and, and Sim. And so I think you're going to – yeah, absolutely. I, what do you – because you have to ask yourself, what are you keeping? You know what I'm saying? Like – just the, the, the bottom of our receiver group is going to be Trey Quinn, Cam Sims. Right. Uh, you know, I think Isaiah Wright, Wright makes the roster. I think I do, too. do. Okay. I think he does, yeah, yeah, yeah. too. But, not, not as wide receiver, too, though. <laughs> definitely no. no, no. <laughs> yeah, Isaiah Wright was Rodney's dark horse from pod one. He's, yep. He comes from Waterbury, Connecticut, so I, that's my hometown. I got to plug the kid a little bit, man, but okay. Yeah, it's I, yeah, I think he's already made the roster. Town full of light skinned dudes <laughs> <laughs> catching cards and whatever y'all do over there. <laughs> like I. <laughs> ah, so um, yeah, fellas, I I I think this is a good pod. Um, it was it was awesome to to have uh, our first guest on, you know, Anthony Armstrong. Um. Like I said, he, he truly was. I probably sounded a little bit facetious earlier saying that he, he is one of my favorite Redskins memories. But I just – to see the, the Dougie was such a, a hot song at the time, uh, to see him score and, you know, bust a Dougie in the end zone, um, that was dope. I don't remember if he got penalized for that. I should have asked him. But um, the great pod, man. Uh, any any closing shout-outs that you guys want to give before we uh, – well, I'm, I'm going I'm to give my first shout-out then. So shout-out to Phil. Uh, he was driving. He sent a message before he hit a dead spot. Um, so he'll have to hear this part of the, uh, the pod, but he didn't want to give us the T-Pain uh, auto-tune special. So shout-out to Phil for at least uh, being part of the, uh, the beginning part of the pod. And uh, Ellie, what's your Ellie, this week, man? You look like, you look like the black dude on a 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> All right. No, no shout outs to Dev. We got a shout out to Rodney. Uh, he's here. Um, let's go. I'm gonna shout out to the fantasy football players from the Himalayas. We got uh, Benjamin Harlow, Frankie Smith, Mike Pyatt, uh, Angela Davis got in on the league with us. Um, 
too, man. Everybody in the group, man. Uh, let's see. Shout out Ellie Suggs. He's dope. Um, <laughs> that's like, I, I'll come back with some more. That's what I got right now. Emmanuel yeah. Chikuba. Oh, yeah. Emmanuel's pod is dope, too, man. If you haven't uh, checked out his pod, uh, definitely click it. He, he puts in the group, too, man. Definitely good listen. Dang. R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman, too. What? Uh, what? Uh, that's like, crazy. Yeah. Wait, wait. What? Real life? Oh. Yeah, for real, for real. Yeah. Black Panther, the dude died. Something, something happened to him. Yeah. Nah. What happened? All right, April Fools, right? No. What happened? Colon cancer, bro. Yo, are you serious? I'm a hundred percent. Yo, I'm reading this shit right now. What the fuck? Wow. Dude. I'm done wow. with 2020. That is horrible, man. Wow, bro. Like, oh my god, man! Am I dreaming? Is it? No, did this I'm, really happen? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna read his. Like, oh, did man. anyone know that he had Cohen? Anybody? So I'm, I'm gonna read his. It's his Twitter account just posted this at 9:11 p.m. So 20 minutes ago. But uh, wow, man! It says it is with immeasurable grief that we confirm the passing of Chadwick Boseman. And Chadwick was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer in 2016, and battled with it these last four years as it progressed to stage four. A true fighter, Chadwick persevered through it all and brought you many of the films you have uh, come to love so much. From Marshall to The Five Bloods, August Wilson's uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and several more, all were filmed during and between countless surgeries and chemotherapy. Uh, it was the honor of his career to bring King T'Challa to life in Black Panther. He died in his home with his wife and family by his side. The family thanks you for your love and prayers and asks that you continue to respect their privacy during this difficult time. Rest in peace, man. Like, this is... Wow, dude. I had no idea. I, I, we had spoke about perseverance at the beginning of the podcast with Anthony, Anthony Armstrong and making it to the league. Um, I had no idea that this man was fighting uh, colon cancer for the past four years. Um, I'm, I'm completely blown away by that. I was not expecting that, man. I, I know Steve has, has dropped off. It's just us right now. Um, but, man, I'm... That's sad, dude. Heavy. Oh man. And and dude, shout out to him too because to be able to do that stuff in the movies with everything he had going on. I know the movies are the man. smallest part of it, but none of us knew. You know, he carried his life that way. And you know, I find myself. I'm in meetings all day at work. I'm like, man, I need ten minutes to myself. And to think he was able to do what he did, battling that type of thing, and didn't let it get in his way. Never let it stop him. You know, didn't show anybody. Um, you know, something for us all to strive to be like, to have that kind of strength and, you know, ability to proceed with our day. And that's, that's sad, man. It's, I, it's, especially with our coach, um, you know, being diagnosed with cancer last week and in his fight coming up and you can't take these things for granted. So if, um, I mean, this is what, is it, is it colon cancer? So yeah, 43, um, I'm 38, I'll be, 40, I'll be 43 tomorrow. So just well, uh, no, a, day after a, tomorrow, a public health plea. Um, I, I believe it's uh, the age of 40 and after is when we start getting checked as men. So uh, get checked. Uh, if, if you do the math, uh, four years ago that he was had to be 39 um, when he was first diagnosed with it and at, at stage three as well. So, um, wow, man, I was I was not expecting that uh, at all. Jesus, man. I'm I'm so over this year, fellas. It's a uh, 
I, I see Steve's just jumping back on. Steve, if you can hear us, uh, we just we didn't break the news, but we're breaking it to the pot at least that uh, Black Panther actor Chadwick Boseman uh, died of, of colon cancer uh, about 20 minutes ago. His Twitter announced it. So we're uh, completely shocked by this. Um, had no idea. We're giving shout outs at the end and we're giving a shout out to him right now. Uh, and anyone who who may be fighting cancer, um, I know I follow the hog farmers on uh, on Twitter. Uh, they they do a lot of things for the uh, uh, for the young children uh, with cancer. So um, terribly, uh, it's a terrible disease. Um, it's it's one that affects uh, far too many people. I'm hopeful that during my lifetime it will be um, it will be cured. Um, but please, if if you're of age, <coughs> getting your colon checked, um, go get it checked, and uh, you know just. I mean, whatever. Just t- take care of yourselves, guys. I, I don't. I don't run rant. I'm just. Holy hell, man. That's uh. That's incredibly sad. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm ranting on the soapbox now. That's uh. Wow. Man, it's it's sad, man. I mean, I don't. It's a sad day, man. Chicago Bozeman had a you know, cancer serious, man. Like you said, you know, get checked out early. Early detection is the key. It's just sad. I mean, I I lost three of my four grandparents to cancer. So um, I lost you know, my mom to me, cancer. You know, I'm I'm you know obviously condolences and sorry you know for that, Dev. I mean, it's just it's it's scary, man. Um, and it's, it's cool just, it just it just like comes that, out of, it comes out of nowhere too, man. So uh, I know men we're stubborn. Any men listen to this podcast? We're stubborn beings. Uh, we don't like to see the doctor. Um, Look, I will tell you another story. No, no. That happened to me when I went to get a colonoscopy or a colon check. I went in, man, and the doctor starts putting on his gloves, and he could tell I was nervous, man. And he put his hand on my shoulder. He said, hey, man, you only got to worry if both hands are on your shoulders. Funniest shit ever happened, man. <laughs> I bet you that loosened up or tightened you up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to ever say I got loosened up. Get, get ready for a colonoscopy, but... Hey, thank you for the laugh, though, man, because it's uh, it's 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 those moments of humanity um, that just uh, kind of put things in perspective, man. I I don't I don't know Chadwick Boseman um, at all. I don't think any of us on the podcast do, but I am uh, definitely affected by his passing because it's just you see people on the uh, on the big screen and uh, they they mean something to you, you know. Black Panther was a dope movie, man. Um, and he's had Iconic. many roles uh, beyond that. Um, but as, you know, as a black man, you know, you know one, of the, one of the three black men on the pod, um, and it's a multiracial pod, to be honest. But um, it's it's dope to see that on screen because I hadn't seen a black superhero other than, I think, um, Blade uh, growing up. And um, I'm not going to take Will Smith's, you know, or – Damon Wayne's Blank Man or anything like that, or Hancock. I, they were they were great roles, but they weren't necessarily um, truthful or powerful roles. Um, so he he definitely played King T'Challa. Um, incredibly, I was looking forward to Black Panther two. Uh, selfishly, I'm going to say I hope he finished filming Black Panther two. Um, what do you do at that point man, on that though? It's just uh, put it out to honor him. I mean, you yeah, know, absolutely, man. Oh my God. Whoa, fellas. That's um I, I I think I'm done with shout outs, man. Uh 
we'll we'll keep this this uh, part of the pod. I I won't cut this out. I think it's uh it's beneficial. But uh, rest easy, Chad with Roseman. Yeah, rest in peace, man. And then, like I said, anyone fighting that fight, keep fighting, man. Uh, we love you. Uh, we're here for you. And um, the 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 sun the sunlight is coming, man. You'll you'll make it through. Keep fighting. Yeah. God bless everybody. Stay safe, though. God bless yeah, you. Shout yeah. out to this. Uh, shout out to this torrential downpour in Fredericksburg that I'm driving through now. I can't see anything. <laughs> I'm lightning everywhere. I'm sorry. I could hear you guys, but I couldn't talk. So. Oh, Be careful, man. man. Two hurricanes. There's two hurricanes at the same time hitting down that way, man. Oh, that's Texas, Be man. I'm, I'm way up north. Steve, I'm about 20 miles from where you are. We just got a flash flood warning. It says, yeah, that, that's why I lost the sound. I had to leave. It buzzed in on my headset, and then yeah. I lost all the sound. Yeah, I'm passing the quiet now. Be careful. Be careful. Yeah, yeah. Be, be careful, man. Wave, wave to the left. That's my old hometown of uh, Stafford. Yeah. So uh, tell myself what's up, man. Be good, fellas. I'm out here, man. Right, buddy. All right, peace. All right, peace.